this week's show. After a nine-goal thriller, we hear from Punjab United boss Chippy Shan. And you're kicking the advertising because they got back the 4-4 and then next week they're hugging and jumping up and down with everyone on the bench. He's the new man in the dugout at Whitstable and Keith McMahon is hoping for success at the Belmont. Every gap time I've gone over to Whitstable over the 20 odd years, uh, the support's been fantastic, the committee seemed great and, and it's a bit of a sleeping giant. The future's bright off the pitch for Seven Oaks as they get approval to improve their stadium. It was important to keep driving this one through and, and it's, it's great after what we've all been through to get this over the line. And he's itching to get back in. We catch up with former Bromley boss Neil Smith. You know, if there's an opportunity up north or west, you know, I'll, I'll have a look at it. I haven't got a problem with Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. Uh, four interviews for you this week as we try and make up for last week's rushed nonsense with some good proper football content. I've even had time to write a full script this week. Uh, I'm John Phipps who ended up on a magical mystery tour on Tuesday night and on the line now is a man who was approached by a listener he'd never met before at Crabble on the same evening. It is of course Matt Gerrard. Aside from results on the pitch, how's your week been? Uh, not bad. We're busy at work. Um, yeah, not too bad. The weather is improving a little bit after the horrendous weather at the weekend. But um, yeah, that was the highlight of my footballing week when I can't remember the guy's name now. But he came up to me after the game on Tuesday. And I can't remember. I do apologise because I said to him, I'll tweet the programme and we can do this. And he said he would think nothing better when he listens to the pod to drink from a, a Kent non league podcast mug. He said we could put our logo on it. And the first thing I thought about, we haven't even got it. Well, you designed the logo or you've nicked a football from somewhere. So yeah. that really made up my day. I've, I've, I feel so um, sorry because I forgot the guy's name. And, he, and he's a Dover fan and there's not many of us left. So <laughs> I'll probably should play him soon. Um, yeah, so yeah. How much would, there other, would anybody else be interested in merchandise of a Kent non league podcast? Thing. I mean, we oh, could do pint glasses, like couldn't we? So, pint glasses. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You probably have to buy a hundred. Well, I mean, with our with our listening figures, you'd think we could probably shift hundred mugs. Can you? Oh, and and of course, when you had this conversation with me uh, on Tuesday night about this, there was someone who offered to be our merchandising manager. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. hasn't mentioned oh, yes. it again, but you know. Yeah, if 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 she wants to source somebody with mugs, um, yeah. It could it be? I don't want to turn. You know, the only thing I thought of then, you know, that guy from Talk Sport has his name on his jumper. You yeah. don't want to get out that way. But a mug or a pint glass, because everybody likes a pint glass, don't they? Yeah, so I suppose the question is, if you would you be interested in a mug or a pint glass uh, with our logo on it? And the second question is, how much would you be prepared to pay? Because you know, we don't want to run this at a loss. We already do the show at a loss, so you know. Would we keep the logo? We're not gonna, the logo is it is we're not going to change that and make that no of, i mean it is, it's a simple i actually think yeah. it would look quite good on a white mug yeah so um yeah so and i do apologize if the guy can tweet as well i forgot your name or, or at least come and see me at crabble on tuesday on saturday and say yeah from that and i'll, and I'll give you a shout out so it was, it, it was after it was about three people in the bar i put my head in the bar to see who was in there and then he came out running after me so i do apologize and i, I thought i knew a lot of the dover fans because there's not that many of us I, I just <laughs> and uh he said about it so it's very very kind words um from the pod so that merchandise that would be yeah it's that would be like, be like del boy we have 
99 mugs stuck in the back of my garage. Well, you'll, but, be, you'll be walking around Crabble trying to flog them at half time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we could do, yeah. yeah but so, at least yeah. you can chuck them at the players. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, 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 or anything else, key rings, that always thing. Yeah. Things like that. So, so what, what I was talking about, merchandise, my daughter went to Sussex today, some, uh, like a space uh, orbital place in Sussex. Right. And of course, all, all the things you can buy in the um, gift shop with things like she came back with putty. So you could have brought a little spaceship and things like that. So shows that how much they're there. Stuff that we won't let her buy normally. She brought in the um, in the gift shop from there. So but yeah, but anyway, Sussex but, Space Centre. Is that where she's been? Yeah, yeah it's uh, I've got it written on my phone. It was Herb. Herb begins with H. Hurstmonsey. Hurstmonsey. Yeah. Just up the road from us. Yeah, it took. Well, she did was moaning because the first thing was they said it would take two hours and it took three. So it is over. Yeah, so she went there today. But I haven't really got much out of her. But have you ever been there? I've not. No, but we have a lot of guests who are interested in going there because it's a castle as well as this all this whole space yeah. thing and everything yeah. and nice gardens and everything. So people enjoy it. Yeah, so, yeah. And they sell stuff that we won't buy them as parents. So she was well happy with her five pounds. And of course, the the thing is as well is obviously I, I would imagine things like castles and gardens are probably of more interest to my guests because they're not twelve. Yeah, yeah. She's, oh, she's only, this is the nine year old, mate. Oh, the nine year old, blimey. Yeah, it's a primary school trip. So um, wow. Yeah, so of course, when the, I was at primary school, and this is genuinely true, one of our school trips was to Dungeness Power Station. All oh, right. You're allowed in there now. They knew how to yeah, live, didn't they? Crikey. Come and have a look at the nuclear power station, kids. Roman painted house in Dover, which I think is still there, is probably um that was a that was a a good one from that. But no, she went there today. So um again, she's not saying you've got to t- I want to go again. So um <laughs> enjoyed our day out. I think one of the highlights was somebody being sick on the coach, just standard stuff really. So yeah. from there. But yeah, right, well, back to the merchandise. Anybody wants some merchandise, let us know what um what you want, how much you want to pay, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And please yeah. do come up to me, Dover fan, if you're not crying on Saturday like the rest of us, <laughs> and introduce yourself again. Give us a wave, and uh, that would be good. Absolutely. It's our 185th episode this week, and although this feature is a bit tiresome at times, this week I've stumbled across some absolute gold. For on June the 12th, 1979, Michigan's finest Kevin St. Ong set a Guinness World Record for throwing a single playing card a whopping 185 feet and one inch. It was his own world record that he beat, but in 1992, he lost his crown to a 201 foot throw. The current Mm. record is held by Rick Smith Jr., who can throw a playing card 216 feet and four inches. Unreal. He's even done a YouTube tutorial about how to throw them. He did specify it didn't matter which card you chucked as well. Uh, but 185 feet, the stunning effort of Kevin St. Ong, what, 42 years ago, Almost the width of a football pitch to throw a playing card. What an effort. He could do a job from a throwing, couldn't he? Surely. Like a modern-day Dave Challoner, yeah. Surely he must need some wind or no wind on that. That is impressive. Yeah, I think if I throw a playing card now, it wouldn't go... It's like paper airplanes. I'm not very good at them. They they just sort of droop, don't they? What what is the longest paper airplane throw? Has we gone up a track? It might... I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, mine, I'm rubbish at making paper aeroplanes as well, but um, let me have a quick look. Paper aeroplane record. 226 feet, so not a lot longer than uh, mate, you did with his playing card. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I think playing that playing card is more impressive. That should be, you know, he should be get he should have got more respect for that. Absolutely. Well, he's getting some now on uh, one of the leading podcasts about non-football Kent. Kevin St. Ong, what a man. Uh, right. Cards. Kent on League Podcast back. Another look. Look at the merchandise just going around my mind. Absolutely. Oh, you're like a merch machine, mate. Does anybody, do you ever play cards? Do you ever think this is a game of cards? I love a game of cards. Me and my dad play a, a lot of cards. We play a lot of crib. So, uh, yeah, big, big fan. We'll t- discuss that another week, I reckon. But, yeah, I love a bit of crib uh, and uh, and occasional games of rummy and things like that. But, yeah, big fan of crib. So. Yeah, yeah. We better get on with that one. It's waffling. Well, we are, Jess. We've got four interviews for you to come, so plenty to go. Let's start uh, in the scaffold where there is genuinely never a dull moment. Uh, goals galore on Tuesday night, 44 in eight games, nonetheless. Uh, nine of them came in an incredible game at Punjab United, where the home side did 3 0 after 21 minutes and 4 1 at half time, only for Tower Hamlets to hit back and make it 4 4. But cometh the hour, cometh the man. And the man for Punjab was experienced striker Paul Vines, who netted a stoppage time winner. My first question to manager Chippy Shan was, I guess, that he's had less stressful evenings. Oh, God, blimey, have I? Yeah, it was, a, it was one of those games, mate. I can't believe that. I mean, who would be a manager, eh? I think I need that deep fib, I think. Bloody hell. <laughs> so so uh, you were 3-0 up, then you were 4-1 up at half-time. And then, and then what went wrong up in the second half? Uh, to be fair, look, I'll be honest, we could have probably scored a few more in the first half. We were outstanding. I'm not even going to lie. It was like it's been waiting nine weeks to play like this. We haven't really played at all at the moment. It's not been it's not been the Punjab side, which I know. But yesterday, we finally got it right and we were unreal. And in the second half, I don't know if they felt it was a bit a bit casual, it was a bit too easy. And then we conceded two or three really poor goals. And that was it. It, it was game on, really. It could have went end to end, it was. so. But we finally got a bit of quality, mate. And um, yeah, we finished the game off at 5-4 which I think was deserved, to be fair. What were the scenes like when that winner went in? Oh, mate, it was everything. It was a, it was a motions game. Find your kicking advertising important because they got back to 4-4. Four, four, and then next thing they were hugging and jumping up and down with everyone on the bench. So, yeah, it was a, honestly a game of emotions. Oh, my God, yeah. But, it's um, you know, I wasn't too happy after the game. I did uh, sort of tell him off in the change room. But it was also nice that we had a bit of luck this time and we actually, you know, we've got the three points, which we've, we've been desperate for for the last five, six weeks. I was going to say, it, it was a much needed win because it's not been the start to the season you would have wanted. No, I'll be honest. Look, we had a great tournament in the Medway tournament. And uh, when I was talking to other managers, you know, they said, look, you, got, you were unreal in that tournament. I said, we were, but I've, I've lost seven players from that team. And I'm trying to bring players in slowly just to sort of get them going. And it's taking time. I just think, you know, I'll look back at that tournament and think, did I really need it? But also, the boys actually loved it. But to have, like, all those injuries and seven players out from that tournament, oh, it's just, it's, we're finally getting there, mate. I don't think anyone's going to see what the real Punjab yet. I think the real Punjab team won't, you, no one's going to see that for another three, four weeks yet until everyone's back. But, um, yeah, three points is three points. <laughs> you know, I'll take everything I can at the moment. Looking at the league table, it's very much a, a bit of two halves at the minute. There's a, there's very much a top half and a bottom half, and I guess you don't want to be in that bottom half, do you? No, look, I've been there before, you know, and I really thought, you know, I've, I changed it all, you know, before the tournament. I thought, right, this is the way we're going to go and play, and I thought, well, you know, we're actually going to do quite well this year, and it and it sort of gets to the beginning of the season. You look at it, you think, oh dear, you know, we're back to where we were a couple of years ago. But look, I, I think people got to realise this is a really, really tough league this year. Every team could beat each other. You can see the results the way it's going. Yeah, you've got a top half and a bottom half, but you know, it's, on it, on it, on your day, you can beat anyone. I just think with us at Punjab at the moment, we just just got to stick together, keep going. 
And um, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we'll pick up a few more results. But, you know, don't get me wrong, Tower Hamlets, they were excellent for 30 minutes yesterday. <laughs> I can't even knock on They were so good for 30 minutes. And you think, well, well they're at the bottom as well, you know. So it's, it's, it's strange. It's a strange league, but a very competitive league. You're the top scorers in that bottom half, but you are also got the second leakiest defence. So I guess that's something you you know you've got to improve on. Yeah, I think that's one of the key areas we lost. You know, so um, I've been working on it. We've got a few more players coming. Um, I've been working for that. I've been working for that for the last four or five weeks. And yesterday, I thought, wow, I've got it right. You know, you as a manager, you look back and you think, well, we're scoring goals, we look great, and then next minute we conceded our. You know, you're pulling your hair out. So, no, we'll, we'll get there, mate. It's just, it is, it is taking time. A new group of players, to be honest. I think we've, we've brought in probably six, seven new players this season, which are all bedding in slowly. And uh, and Paul Vine, you know, he keeps scoring goals, which is fantastic for us. So, yeah, it's just, it's one of those, mate, we've got to just put our head to the ground and then just keep going and try to grind out results. You just mentioned Paul Vines there. I mean, he's the sort of name that everybody knows around the county and, and he's coming up trumps with you in front of goal and that's all you can ask for for him. And I guess his experience helps your whole team. Oh, yeah, he's been unbelievable. You know, I brought him in for VCD and then um, just to help us out for a few weeks and then, you know, we, we clicked. You know, he gets on really well with us. You know, he loves it down here and then he said he wants to stay, which is fantastic for me. And yeah, he brings in so much um, experience. He talks to the players for the game, you know, after I've spoken and then... Uh, you know, he's, he, and everyone loves him, and I think they know what he, where he's been at the highest level he's played, and I think that draws out because we're quite a young side, to be honest, and um, and that's what he's trying to sort of pull him through this sort of bad spell, and he's been a key to that, to be honest. So um, yeah, he he was unreal yesterday. You know, popped up with a winner again. You know, last minute, which you know we made it, we did make it hard work, but you know, to get a winner as well, it was great. So yeah, no, he's he's been excellent for us. And you go to Fisher on Saturday, a tough place to go, but you, you want to keep some momentum going, don't you? Yeah, look, we, we, you know, we, we were buzzing yesterday, some of the players, but yeah, you know, like I said, I wasn't too happy with the performance second half, but if we can go out there and play like we did for the first 45, oh my God, you know, we, we can give anyone a game. So just, um, we, we know where we've got to be better, and I think we, um, we're just going to go out and, you know, give it our best shot, and if we can get a result there, or you know, that'd be unbelievable. So yeah, we need to we need to keep going now. If that makes sense, yeah, a few results would be fantastic. But you know, like I said, Fisher a good side, but you know, so was Tower Hamlet last night. So we've got nothing to lose. We've got to go out there and play every game, and um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, you know, touch wood, if we can put up a few results along our way, it'll be great. With the division as it is this year, with with some really really strong teams at the top, what's a realistic ambition for for you in the scaffold? Um, look, to be honest, I think, <laughs> and I say it's really stupid to say this now, but when I was looking at the tournament and the way we were playing, with we were free-flowing football, I thought, you know, we, we can go top five here, you know, if we get it right from the beginning of the season. But yeah, I know, we. <laughs> but when you start the season now and you lost all these players and you look at it and you think, okay, now it's, you know, I thought, you know, we want to be mid-table-ish, you know, I think if we can get a top 10 mid-table, that'd be a good, good season for Punjab, I think, at the moment, especially after a rebuild which we had to do last minute to get the players in so yeah and then you build in it again don't you really it is a shame because I really wanted a good FA Cup run and a FA Vars run and um, oh, you know it just hasn't been we just haven't had the luck at the moment and like, I can't complain every man who goes for the same we all we all want to do our best you know we, but this is the way it is sometimes you've got to grind it out and it's stressful mate when you got to go home and when you lost nine or eight games in a trot and your missus game did you win and then no you didn't win you know <laughs> It's one of those. So, yeah, it's, uh, last night was a better day. So, yeah, I'm hoping I'll get a few more better nights, really. 
And just finally, obviously, we all know that there's a lot more to your club than, than the first team. How's everything going in, in the community at the moment? Uh, it's been fantastic. I think off the, off the pitch, you know, we've been flying, to be honest. I've just, um, we've just done a, a new academy with uh, NTC uh, College. So uh, we're Paul Lorraine now working there. He's heading up the academy and the academy now is Punjabi United Academy. So kids will go in full-time education. Plus we've got the academy under our Punjab United banner. So we'll get a pick of all the players coming through from the young, which will go into our reserve teams. And then they'll be playing at Alburn once a week in the FA Youth Cup. So, yeah, off the pitch, it, it, it's been fantastic. So I just, I need to now put all the effort onto the pitch, which we're getting there. But yeah, no, it's, it's been great. We've been working with the school thing for about a year and it's just come off, to be honest. It's been unreal. Um, it's been great publicity at the moment. Uh, what a game that was on Tuesday night and a much needed win for Punjab as well. Yeah, the 43 people were that game. Paul Vines, how old is Paul Vines now? He must have scored 300, four goals in, in non-league football across the thing. Still going, still got the hunger. Loved it how he said that he's gone in there and he's taken what Punjab are doing. And the, you know, the most thing I came out of that thing is that I miss scenes of football. Something like that. Just a, a last-minute winner when you thought you'd been pegged back, you've lost the game, you probably feel like it's going to be a loss. And then he pops up the last minute with it. It makes all the heartache that probably Chippy's had this season all go away. And the buzz they're getting from that um, is good. And it's interesting what he said in there as well, all about he thinks they could be doing a little bit better. And maybe this is a kickstart for the season. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. And the scaffold, it just delivers, doesn't it? It really, really does. Uh, like you say, the highs and lows. He said one minute he was kicking the advertising hoardings, the next minute uh, he's, he's celebrating, ju- jumping around with everyone. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really realise. I mean, obviously we we see all the results, but I don't study the league tables. Really. I didn't realise just how tough Punjab had had it, especially in recent weeks with a, with a lot of a big run of defeats there. They're out of the vase, you know, and everything like that. So it's it's not been great for them. And as I said to them there. Their, their biggest issue is that of the 20 teams in the Scaffold Premier Division, only one has conceded more than the 32 goals they've shipped yeah. in 11 games. Uh, and that's something that he knows he's got to sort out. And it's something that uh, they know they've got to sort out. I mean, they've scored 20, which is better than some of the teams in the top half of the table. But you have got you can't afford to ship goals at a rate like that, can you? No, it always come and bite you on the backside. But the strikers are doing a job to sort of get them out of the hole and... Uh, on that opinion, yeah, 32 goals conceded 11 games is is not a statistic that you probably want to um, look at too highly. But when you win five goals to four against Tower Hamlet, who have conceded 31 in 11, we if we if we were betting them before that game, you'd have thought there'd be goals, and, and it did deliver. But yeah, where do we see Punjab? You know, in this division, you know that they've been up there for their second, third season now. It's been with COVID. You know, as he says, they've got to look maybe for the top half of the table soon and maybe they can do it. It's always going to be tough for them, I think. Um, I don't know how reliant they are still some of the players that took them up. But I think Chippy's a, an experienced manager. And the longer he goes on, he'll know how this division works and the players. And if they can attract people like Paul Vines, who, as I say, an absolute legend in these sort of in sort of London, Kent area for non-league football. They must be doing something right. So, yeah, please, and the thing is, though, John, if if you if they lost that game by five four, four, he'd still be happy in the interview. He's like, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to. If you could pocket his enthusiasm for the game, it, it'll be fantastic. And that, and that's what it's all about, I think. 
It's interesting you say about, you know, where they are and everything. And he's always learning because he said, you know, oh, I thought at the start of the season we were in, we were in great shape and this was the year we were really going to push on. And it hasn't worked like that. So it does show that sometimes you just need things things to gel. And, you know, he will be the first to admit that their budget is nowhere near the biggest in this division. Um, and some of the signings that are floating around even this week, that does show that, you know, they can't compete with those teams at the top. And I think they kind of are where they are. And it is a difficult division when you've got teams throwing some cash about and making it hard. And as I said to you now, it's kind of a league of two halves. And it is because in 10th place, you've got Kennington on 16 points. The leaders, Glebe, have got 25. 11th place, you've got Canterbury with 12. So four behind Kennington. And then they're only eight points off, off the bottom. So it really is the top 10 and the bottom 10 at the moment. And I guess... For Chippy, his aim has got to be looking at the teams that are around them where they are in the league table. He's got to finish top of that mini league that they are in. And then that gives you something to build on. And the more you get established in this division, the more that you can, you know, look to kick on. And if you look at the teams above them in the league, they are the the new kids on the block, so to speak, apart from Kennington. You know, there's teams who've been around this level for a, a number of years or there's teams that have played at a higher level and everything like that. So, you know, to, to be... A, relatively green at this level as they are you know I think that they're, they're doing okay and I hope that that win is the start of something for them yeah just a lot of their games have been at home they've had some tough fixtures looking at the table as well to start the season so if you're interested to see now because they've, they've only played out of their 11 games they've only played three away from home so I think that will be interesting to see how they are they can bit more at home, they're a bit more gung-ho, are they? Right, let's go for it. Maybe they need to be a little bit with all the away games going in. This, this try and, to try and avoid conceding the amount of goals that they have. So that will be a concern from that point of view. But you just to see how they can, how they look, how will they will they change the way they play when they've got some away games as well? Not I'm saying it's anything wrong. If you can score goals um, and entertain, that's what the game's about. But Maybe they have to rein it in, particularly when they're away from home. So, interested to see how they got on. Who have they got this weekend? They are... Fisher away. Fisher away. So, it'll be interesting. But surely they're going to the game. They'll go into the game knowing they can score goals. Just maybe just rein... You know, if they can just be a little more solid, they'll move up that table. I'm loath to ask this to a man who would take any sort of win. But you'd rather win 5-4 than 1-0, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. With a last-minute winner... And I think I'd have been on the pitch at that point after seeing that. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. They'll look at it and probably think, oh, well, you know, he said conceded some sloppy goals. But when that ball, that fifth goal from Paul Vines hit the back of the net, that was probably all forgotten about. And that's what football's all about. Let's run through the rest of the goals over the weekend in the scale for them with 38 on Saturday. And as I've already said, 44 on Tuesday and a further eight on Wednesday night as well. So in the Premier Division on Saturday, with the Belvedere came from two down inside eight minutes to draw with Beersted. It was also 2-2 as Canterbury hosted Irith Town. A deal town continued their brilliant form with a 3-0 win over Glebe. Chatham needed a last gasp goal from Chris Lowell to beat Fisher. Hollands and Blair beat Crowe before 4-1. It was Holmesdale 3, Lawswood nil. K-Sports 3, Tower Hamlets 2. Gary Lockyer got a hat-trick as Kennington won 5-3 at Rustall. While a late Jack Mixon penalty secured a 3-2 win for Sheppey United at Wellingtown. Then on Tuesday, Irith and Belvedere were 4-1 winners at Crowborough. Deal won 3-0 again, this time over K-Sports. Jamie Fulpot scored 4 as Glee beat Rustall 5-1. Kennington, Hollands and Blair drew 3-0. Chatham won 5-1 at Lawswood. 
We've already heard about Punjab's 5-4 win over Tower Hamlets. Tamar Jolz, who pierced 5-2 and Irith Town were 2 new winners at Wellingtown in the first game in charge for new Wellingtown boss Darren Manning. And then on Wednesday, to finish a quiet week, at Sheffield United won 7-1 at Canterbury City. And now just behind Glebe by one goal on one on goal difference at the top. What a week. Uh, I make it, Matt, 365 goals so far in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division in 98 games, 3.72 goals per game. That's quite some going, isn't it? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Really entertaining football. Um, it just doesn't disappoint as a league. And, and, I, and there can't be many leagues across the country that nearly average four goals a game. And you've got a competitive division like you have at the moment with certain sides. Um, you know, being at the top of the table, you don't think you will. You've got the big boys up there and you've got teams like Deal doing absolutely fantastic as you know, teams that you wouldn't think would be up there. So, yeah, fantastic division. Um, and it, it is delivering already. We've had 10 games of the season. I couldn't tell you who's going to win it, but I will tell you there's going to be plenty of goals everywhere. Absolutely. And as I said earlier on, uh, Glebe have 25 points from 10 games. Sheppey United, 25 points from 10 games. Uh, Glebe have scored 29, conceded 10. Sheppey, 28, conceded 10. Uh, deal third with... 24 points from their 10. Uh, Irith Town just two points behind them, 22 from 10. Chatham in fifth uh, with only played eight games, but they've got 21 points. And Irith and Belvedere in sixth, uh, 19 points for them from eight games. And another impressive signing for them this week. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you've seen, but Chris Dixon uh, has now joined the Irith and Belvedere revolution. So that they are they are making some really impressive signings, aren't they? Well, Chris Dixon was banging goals in Conference South last season, so... Um, got Hornchurch to Wembley and won the FA um, Trophy. I don't know why he's he's leaving there. I think he's been at Hornchurch for a while. But yeah, whatever level plays and he will score. So that's a good signing for Eric. So adds even more quality to the scaffold. It certainly does. This weekend, Chatham hosts Tunbridge Wells. It's Irith and Belvedere against Willing Town. Irith Town at home to Hollands and Blair. Punjab United travel to face Fisher. It's Case Sports against Beersted. Kennington at home to Grober. Lords would meet Glebe. It's Rustle against Canterbury City. Sheppey United host Holmesdale. Deal travel to face Tower Hamlets. There's no games on Tuesday, but on Wednesday night, Canterbury at home to Lordswood. Irith Town against Fisher. Holmesdale against Wellingtown. Or Chatham travelled to face Staples Monarchs in their rearranged Kent Senior Trophy tie. Uh, there's actually more goals per game on average in the first division by 0.01 per game. Uh, so it wasn't quiet there either. Uh, on Saturday, Chesterton Hook 2, Staples Monarchs 2. Lockford and New Hythe were beaten 4-1 at Croydon. It was Forest Hill Park, Neil Bryden Ropes 2. Meridian VP 1, Tooting Beck 4 in front of an official attendance of just 9. Uh, SC Timmersweed and Faversham Strikeforce shared 6 goals. Snodland beat FC Elmstead 1-0. Stansfield 2-0 winners over Lewisham Borough. Ended Sutton Athletic 4, Kent Football United 3. Uh, on Monday, SC Timmersweed beat Meridian VP 4-1. Then on Tuesday, Larkfield and New Hythe beat Lid 5-1, and then very much a not-in-Kent clash ended tooting back to Chesterton and Hook 1. Uh, this weekend, FC Armstead hosts Lid Town. It's Kent Football United against Bryden Ropes. Larkfield or New Hyde against Sutton Athletic. Rochester United at home to Greenway. Stansfeld against Chesterton and Hook. Staples Monarchs against Snodland Town. Westside against Faversham Strikeforce. Then on Monday, Greenways against Sutton Athletic. Uh, staying at step five, Beckenham Town suffered their first combined counties league defeat of the season as they were on the end of a surprise 3-1 loss at bottom of the table. Molsey, uh, the home side without a point before kickoff. But after two Beckenham players were sent off, the Surrey outfit finally got off the mark. Beckenham down to third in the table. They do have a game in hand on leaders Badshot Lee with three points ahead. Uh, the books who are incidentally on the lookout for a new stadium announcer at home to Frimley Green on Saturday. So they're doing all right, Beckenham. They'll be very disappointed with that result though, Matt. 
Yeah, yeah, we mentioned Molesy last week, so they were a decent side. I'm sure they knocked over at the FA Cup one time years and years ago. So that's yeah. the promise with a decent side these days, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, surely they'd be able to get one from Frimley Green, the old ex, ex darts man, to do the uh, tannoy because he's probably huh. not having a job anymore because they moved it somewhere else, didn't they? Yeah, true. Exactly, Frimley Green. Yeah, but that's famous for darts, but they don't even play darts anymore. Could you name anything else you do in Frimley Green? Uh, no, no, I can't. Exactly, yeah, so we're not forever. Well. People of our age, all we're going to remember is, I understand nicknames, the darts, so it should be. <laughs> it should be. I'll, I'll have to look that up. Uh, let's move on uh, up the leagues to the Isthmian League South East, where there's a new man in charge at Whitstable Town. Uh, we discussed last week how Lloyd Blackman has stepped down at the Belmont and his replacement is a good one. Former VCD and Thamesby boss Keith McMahon. A few eyebrows were raised when Keith was sacked at VCD last year, but he's now back, refreshed and ready to go. I caught up with him yesterday to discuss his new role at Whitstable. Yeah, no, re- really excited, to be fair. Um, you know, I've, I've been out, well, in total 16 games, but it seems a hell of a lot longer than that because I've had COVID. Um, and it was always going to be um, sort of my choice of what sort of club I wanted to go to this time with just how long I've been in the game. And I wasn't desperate to, to get back in, but it needed to be the right club and... and when Whistable come up, I thought it was perfect for me. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to working with the team and, and the committee. I've met them uh, over the last sort of few days. And, and yeah, I've been very impressive with, with, with what I've seen so far. I, I mean, they're a big club, aren't they, Whistable? And there's certainly some potential there for them to, to do very well at this level and, and possibly even look to get into the level above it in time. Definitely, that's what attracted me. You know, um, you know, I, I, I've, every time I've gone over to Whitstable over the twenty odd years, uh, the support's been fantastic. The committee seemed great, and, and it's a bit of a sleeping giant. And I just think, you know, it, it, in the right hands, that, that it it could sort of progress. And you're right, definitely to the league above. It's definitely got that. Um, the new committee that's come in are looking long term, not just short term. So. Um, financially stable and, and, and they're, they're looking like I said to, to bring play, young players through in the community all the way through to, to the first team for, for sort of years to come and that, that's what attracted me to be honest and you mentioned as well the supporters they always make a, a right din and get behind them don't they oh yeah it was great I, and, you know, I was saying to my, my assistant Steve Wade that I wanted to go to a club that had, had great support and I, and I couldn't think of anyone else in the league that had better support than uh, which will have and they do get behind you when sort of they've got something to cheer about and, and obviously that's what I've been brought in to do and that's what I'm looking forward to do is to, is to give them that Not much to cheer about on the pitch so far this season so I guess that that, that is a challenge to come in with, with a team that's only got one point so far Yeah of course it is but you know the, the advantage is that they've only played six games um, so still new the disadvantage in a little way is obviously if I want to bring some players in that they're sort of only just got into their new clubs themselves so um, that makes it a little bit more difficult but we've got time on our hands and, and I'm sure like I said with the backing we've got um, and support that within sort of you know the few weeks it, it, I'll be able to bring a couple in to strengthen the, the side they've got and to be honest the side they've got is pretty decent but they just obviously need a little bit jammed together and, and, and a little bit of a rubber to green and the main thing is they need a confidence boost so they can start getting some points on the board and get that, that crowd behind them Is it a good thing for you that you've got a bit of time before your first game? Uh, yeah, well, I'm meeting the players tomorrow for the first time. So we haven't got a game Saturday. Um, our reserves have, but we'll, we'll talk about that maybe tomorrow. Um, so it gives me a few days to sort of get involved, yeah. Um, and obviously for our, for our trip on Tuesday night. It, but Tuesday night is obviously not, not probably the ideal game you'd want as your first game in charge. 
No, no. Um, well, I, I think some we, we spoke about this last night. Yes and no, really, because obviously, one, it lets me look at the team against a very, very good opposition, and, and I will know straight away, you know, who's who's good enough to play at that level and what sort of state of mind they are physically and mentally. Um, and the other side, obviously, it's a free hit. Um, you know, there's no pressure on us to go in and 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 this is what we say to players to, to go and show what they you know what they've got. And when a new manager comes in, I'm giving everyone a clean slate. So the ones that are going to start or come on, I've got a chance to show me you know that they want to play for the club, and that's what I'll be looking at. So if you don't want to play, go away and play against one of the top sides away at Hastings, then um, you're, you're you're mostly not for me anyway. You mentioned obviously you'd like to bring in a couple of players, but by the sounds of it, it's not going to be a massive wholesale changes, and the players that you've got there are going to get the chance to show you that they've got what it takes. Yes, some will. I will know straight away. I've been in this league long enough to know if they're up for it. And and as a you know, one of the things I'll be saying is I want people to play for for myself and Whitstable Club, Whitstable Town. So and 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 not just obviously come and pick a few quid up. If they if they show they're committed to play for me. And which the ball, and obviously then get their wages. Then, then we're going to go really far, and um, and that's the sort of situation I'm, I'm looking at. You know, why wouldn't you want to play for a club that's got support like that? Um, and when you're doing well, that will really get behind you, and that's the excitement that I've got, and that's what I want want the players to have. And um, so, if we can do that, then obviously I won't need to make wholesale changes. But I have seen what you know when I watch a, a few of their games, I do know what I think's needed. And you know they lost Neil Bank and, and a couple of others, and they do need a, a couple to strengthen. They've got a couple of good, decent youth lads coming through, and um, hopefully we can get a, 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 the, the right balance between new players and the existing. It says only been sixteen games that you've missed, but I bet you've, you've really missed it. And I assume you've been watching a lot of football. Are you a good watcher, or do you, do you rather be in the dugout? No, I watch a lot of football anyway. I watch around 100 games a year between our, you know, first team games at a higher level below, youth team games, academy games. So, um, you know, I'd say I'm one of the hardest working managers out there anyway. So, it's I've been doing that. I've watched already eight teams from our league. I've watched six sides from the south. I've watched maybe four, five from the league above, about five from the league below. So, you know, I'm, I'm still sort of fairly well well in there with, with watching the games um, so obviously I prefer to be in the dugout but I think you, you do need to go and do your homework as well And what do you think makes a good season for, for Whitstall from, from where you are now? Well to stay up will be a big big, big plus but um, you know I just think we need to start winning games and get getting the buzz around the the, the 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 actual club and I think if they can see a future and they're enjoying it and they're getting behind the team you know, we can build and, and I think that's it. We're not looking for a one-year wonder where we're going to throw everything at it and try and get promoted even this year. But, you know, we're, we're only six games in, so a good run. We, I'm not saying we're, you know, you, you can't reach the dizzy heights of the, the, the top half of the table at the moment from where they are. But the main thing is, is to get that feel-good factor back into the club, um, around the supporters. And once you get that in the supporters, I think um, the, the, team, the team will just sort of propel from there. You've known this league a long time. Does it look like a, a tough one this year? There's certainly some some good sides in there, isn't there? Yeah, there's some great sides in there. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, obviously we, we go to Hastings Tuesday. That's a, you know they feel maybe a bit aggrieved. They haven't been promoted over the last two years, and, and they're always strong. But you know, if you look at Herne Bay, I watched them this year. Ben's built a, a decent side, and Cray Valley. Um, you know, Hayes Heath has started well, which is a little bit of a surprise. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's only a six, seven, eight clubs that, that, that can that 
the, the mostly we'll fancy it. Obviously, Ashford as well with Tommy over there has done very well. So, you know, there's going to be a, a, a tough to break into that. But you know, when you've got the, the sort of size of the club that that I have now behind us, that that's what we're going to look to achieve. And just finally, I bet you can't wait for what ten days time when you're home to Phoenix, your first home game in charge, and show the supporters what you're all about. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Obviously, it's no it's no secret that Phoenix Sports, they're all my friends over there and you know, and, and I know them really well. My son's played for the club at a youth team level and obviously I coach for the youths over there as well. So it's, it's quite um, quite ironic that that's my first home game. Um, but um, yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait to sort of meet the fans and sort of show them what we're about. Um, but I think you'll see the real sort of which will side within the next sort of three, four weeks once we start chilling together. I don't think it's going to be me walking in the door and, and a magic wand's coming out. You know, I've got a lot of time for Lloyd Backman, who was the manager before, and you know, and I respect him. And I think he, you know, he's done a good job over the last couple of few years at Whitstable. It's just they've not had the best start, and it's for me now to try and pick that up and um, and push them forward. A solid appointment, that, Matt. It makes perfect sense to me that Wits would have gone for someone who knows all about this level. Yeah, I think it's a, a solid appointment. Interesting what he said. He's only missed 16 games when you look at it over the season. Um, we were surprised. I think, did we interview him the week before or something? Or he was quite close that then, then he lost his job, didn't he? So, yeah, I, he'll know the level. Again, what I liked about his interview... He knows straight away from his players what he's got, who can cut it at this level straight away, which I think is half the battle that Whitstable needs to do it. We said before, there's always sort of one side in this division, the McKent side, that struggles. And unfortunately, it's it's Whitstable. And, and he mentions that he think they're a sleeping giant. And they probably are. He'll go in, he probably will change it around, but he'll move them up the table because, again, well-run club, and I think it's a good appointment that I think a lot of teams in Kent would like to um, to have him on board as a manager. And I, I, yeah, a good appointment. They've got some good players there. Harry Stannard and people like Tom Mills there. So they've got a base of a good squad. Keith will probably tinker with it a little bit, make them more solid and hopefully move up the table. And yeah, I think it's a, a wise decision by the committee at Whistable. Yeah, and I think it will be a bit of a, a, a new brush, you know, because obviously they've had... Different people coming and going around Whitswell Town, I suppose. But Lloyd Blackman's been there a while and a lot of the players who I see in his team have, have been with him there and, and previous clubs where he's been on the coaching staff as well. So sometimes it's just time to, to go in a completely different direction. And, and I like the fact, like you said, that he's come in and he said, right, well, I know I'm going to have to make some changes and I'm happy to do that. So, you know, it's nice to uh, it's nice to hear that. And you know, he's, I think he's going to give those players a chance. But as he says, they're away to Hastings on Tuesday. And if the players aren't up for that one, then he's, uh, he's going to have some quite easy decisions to make. Yeah, I expect there'll be some changes in the personnel there. Um, presumably, he'll watch them at training. If you're not good enough, you're not going to do it. He'll know players all across the county and above who probably want to play for a club like Whitstable. So, interesting to see. We'll see the um, transfer dealings, who comes and goes there. But, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, it's it's a good club. Um, they've only played six league games. How many league games have they played? 38 in this one? How many teams is it? 20? Yeah, there's 20 teams in the league, isn't there? Yeah, so 38. So a long way to go. A very long way to go, yeah. So I'm not saying that they're going to be high top of the league by the end of it, but, you know, they, you know Lloyd Blackman's done a half-decent job there. He's now left, but he's got plenty of time for to Keith to go in there and put his mark on it, so... And again, I'll be keeping an eye on the results, I'm sure. And I'm sure there'll be some players that may 
will be joining that we're probably aware of that comes in there. But yeah, good luck to him. Tough game against Hastings, so he'll know a lot more about his players than he did this probably next week when he when he sees that game. Yeah, and a well-supported club as well, which well, those, yeah. those supporters there always make a good noise. And, you know, they're, they're, because they are a, a town team, we've got plenty of them in, in the in that. But, you know, if they're doing well and they're playing good football, people will come and watch. And, and I guess that's part of what's tempted Keith to, to think, no, this is the club for me. This is the right move. And I'm sure he's been a man in demand. So I'm sure it's, it's, it's a good opportunity. And, and it seems to me from the outside to be a good fit for both, for both club and manager. Yeah, I think he's a, a decent manager. Um, he did, we never really what went into what why he left his previous role, did we? It sort of it seemed a shock to him. Um, I think he's probably got a point to prove over these last um, amount of game or 16, 17 months he's been out of it, and I think that can only be advantage to Whitstable. So good luck to him. Absolutely, very good luck to to him. And as you say, we'll be keeping a close eye uh, on how they get on. Let's stay in the Eastern League South East. It's been a good week off the pitch for Seven Oaks Town. Our Fay One playing position to improve the surroundings at their Greatness Park home. It's been a long process for the club, but they're finding a position where they are good to go. So here is Oaks chairman Paul Lanzer about their progress, both on and off the pitch, and their plans going forward. It's been uh, a good few years trying to get this one up and running, and uh, submitted for planning, and uh, even that took nine or ten months to get through but um yeah amazing to get that news last week um now the hard work starts i guess <laughs> what's the sort of time scale on when everything's going to be cracking on um i think we've got probably 12 months now of um dealing with um conditions um and just getting all the funding in place and then hopefully um in about 12 months time we'll start the work that's that's the plan at the moment so, so, what is the is the plan? Obviously, we, we, we've all seen the outline of what it is, but, but how much how much building work is really going on, and, and what exactly is the finished project going to look like? Um, it will. Um, it's basically a proper clubhouse overlooking the three G pitch, two story, um, but also overlooking the grass community pitch we have as well, um, with a small gym um, and meeting areas, um, and then additional six changing rooms for our youth section as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a big project, um, but I think it's it's needed. Uh, it's icing on the cake for the club. I think um, it will really sort of set us apart and uh, hopefully drive us forward. It's a really important thing, isn't it? Because you know a lot of people will see the Seven Oaks Town first team, but there's so much more to your club that, than than the team that goes out on a Saturday at three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, we um, we run sixty four teams in total: um, mini soccer, youth. Um, disability teams, vets, ladies, um, women's teams. So yeah, we're uh, you know we are more than just the first team, um, definitely. Um, but the first team is actually key to the club. It gives gives the youth section something to aim for um, and something to strive to to meet and achieve. So yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, we are you know we are very much a community club um, and do a lot more off the field as well, which probably doesn't even get recognised. But um, yeah, it's all part of what we do and it's part of, you know, working within the community, really. And it's been such a challenging 18 months or so for the club. So this is a real sort of feather in your cap that you can say, well, we've been through such a tough time, as everybody has, and here we are, we're still looking to progress. Yeah, I mean, I think the key for us was we, we never really gave up on the project. We kept on going. Um, you know, football needed a lift um, and certainly... You know, around where we are, it was it was important to keep driving this one through, and and it's it's great after what we've all been through across the country to um to get this over the line and and really push on and give the community 
a facility that actually will be used for more than just football um, is, is amazing. I guess a lot of people, yourself included, have put a lot of work and effort into this. Yeah, there's been a lot of work. Um, the, the committee, the club's committee, have been um, tremendous in supporting it. We've had great support from town council, our landlords, um, and uh, and in general, the, the whole of the community, Seven Oaks community, has been right behind it. We've had some really positive um, support through the whole planning process. Uh, Laura Trott's been right behind it. It's just been it's been overwhelming, really, how much support we've had to get this one over the line. I suppose for looking at the sort of from the first team point of view, the, the club is on its way to establishing itself in the Isthmian League South East, and, and uh, as well, you've you've increased your crowds and everything like that. So it's all looking good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very it's very encouraging. I've I've been involved for quite a few years now, and um, you know, just sort of putting this plan together and actually seeing from the 3G pitch all the way through to hopefully getting this built within the next 12 to 18 months will um, will be a major major step for the club um, and hopefully a great foundation for it to, to build on for the future. But what's the long-term ambition for, for the club? Uh, we'd certainly like to get promoted again. Um, not quite yet, but uh, when everything's in place and ready, then you know we'll know the right time to, um, to try and push for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've had a taste of step four and step three is encouraging and then it's something we'd like to achieve, I think. And obviously in, in, in Mickey Collins, you, you've got a man there who, who certainly knows what he's doing and he's done a great job for you. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been amazing and, you know, I think this is his eighth season. Um, not many managers sort of stay around that long, but we get on really well. He's, you know, he's great for the club. He's great for obviously the first team, but, you know, he's involved with the youth section. Uh, he was at the under-18s game again last weekend, uh, and he gets really involved. He doesn't just focus on first team only. He really does help within the club and help to drive it forward and takes a lot of sort of day-to-day stuff off of our plate so that we can focus on things like planning permission. I suppose just just finally that to the people of Seven Oaks, you know that this is a club that's going going places and, and get involved and do what you can to help you out. Yes, please, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Nice to hear from Seven Oaks Town, Matt, and, and good to know that they're in good shape. I was amazed when he said that. They have about 60 teams. What a, a brilliant community club, and it makes me envious and jealous of that sort of um, structure of a club. Um, you know, what they're doing in the community, you know, the 3G definitely does help in that, but you know they're not resting on the laurels they did so much good work in the pandemic but having that amount of team and they're investing in the community and i would have thought everybody in seven oaks even if you don't like football or care about football you will know somebody who is involved or goes down to seven oaks to do it and that's an unbelievable with 60 teams uh, male females disability teams I, I think that's fantastic and I know, I know there's a lot of other clubs who do it as well, but it just made me envious of where my club is at the moment and how, um, you know, the key part is, of course, Seven Oaks Town, but, you know, it's important to get the name out there. But the stuff they're doing in the background is unbelievable. And this investment, which it will be an investment, and he said it's going to take 12 months to do it and they probably need the money from various fundings to do it, will benefit the club not just now, but in years to come. And, you know, that's absolutely brilliant. 
total community club, a bit like Ramsgate in the area here. Clubs have sort of thought about this, you know, the days of the football club just being a football club, which unfortunately some clubs are, and long gone, they're making part of the community. And, you know, it's hard work. And another thing I thought about is they think about Canterbury City when they couldn't get their um, grant, uh, the, the, the planning permission through. It shows if you can do this and work within community, your club can go a long way. So, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And um, how excited he he sounded about the event and how it made me feel excited as well for them. So absolutely fantastic. But I couldn't believe what he said about the amount of teams they have. What a brilliant, brilliant thing they're doing there. It's one of those, isn't it, whereby, you know, I, I kind of touched on it there when I said to him, you've got Seven Oaks Town, but you're more than the team. But he did actually kind of flip back on that and say, yeah, but the first team is really important to, to drive that. And it is where you can get the whole community behind the, the team and everything like that. And again, you know, if they start doing well, if they're near the top of the dig, I'm sure their crowds increase even more. I mean, I remember when Seven Oaks were getting 30-odd people through the gates. They're now averaging 170 uh, in the Eastman League Southeast. And they are improving it. And, you know, the second interview we've had in a row where he said, yeah, I think step three might might be achievable. And if you've got that foundation... And it's all, it's, it's a game, isn't it? It's about building a whole club, not just building a team. And they are certainly, certainly building a club and fair play to everyone there. Yeah, I think it's, maybe it's a generation thing that people write. Yeah, let's, let's do something rather than just be in the football club. And, you know, of course, the most important thing or the results wise is, but if out all those teams and they can get somebody who moves on or plays for the first team or moves on to um, a you know, a higher club, higher at the pyramid, they're doing, all that investment is absolutely worth it. They're making people's lives better. And, you know, 30 years ago, football was football. You had your youth, you had your, um, your first team in your reserves. But look at it now, how, how, how it's evolving, and how important it is to the community. So I, I'm absolutely that. And I'm sure Mickey Collins, who's been, did he say, how long did he say he'd been there? Eight, say, years. eight years. Yeah. So, yeah, and Mickey's one of these people who drives it. Mickey probably knows, he knows the first team and he probably knows, the kids playing for the under 12s and both sexes. So, yeah, perfect person to sort of spearhead that as well. So, I, I can't remember. I think I have been to Seven Oaks Ground a long time ago. I think when Maidstone played them and they got promoted, but it should really um, should pop down there, really, and, and have a look around and how it's changed. And, and you probably get straight away when you go to a game the community feel of it. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it's interesting as well. Obviously, we, we say Mickey Collins has been there for. Eight years now. It's been a long time. And it didn't happen overnight with getting them out of the Southern Counties East League. They, they won the Southern Counties East League uh, in our first season of doing this show. So, But now they, they've established themselves uh, at this level. They're, they're not by any means saying, no, we are definitely going to survive every season. But they, they seem to have established themselves at this level. And, and they're doing it the right way. They're not trying to run before they can walk. And that's that's the key thing. And, and you know, you keep your manager in... Uh, and and he's and he's moved the squad around as well. You know, he's, he's he's there's been a good turnover of players there, and and he's brought in some really really good names. And, and as Paul said there, if you've got players that people want to come and watch in the first team, then that will give a boost to everyone. And then the, the the club is part of what's driving the town because Seven Oaks, of all the towns in Kent, is is not a football town particularly. Now it's got a strong. Uh, it's got strong sports elsewhere, and and the football isn't necessarily number one, but they are doing the right thing, and and. Like you say, everyone in Seven Oaks, whether like football or not, will know someone who's involved in in that club at some some level, and and that's all you can ask for from a community club like that. Oh, I think that's absolutely crucial. There's a lot of things that people 
can do these days. But, you know, if you think, right, let's go take my son or daughter to the football and just feel that community, it can only benefit the club as well. So, and again, they're in a strong position there. And look at those plans and what we talked about, the plans. It's going to be a fantastic, well, I suppose you call it a sporting arena for the area. So, you know, it's a, it's a well-to-do area. I'm sure they can um, hopefully raise that money. But, yeah, I'm really, really, really pleased. You know, we going back to them as the first, first, the first team. Didn't think probably, you know, that they're probably if they can hit top ten, it will be a fantastic achievement with it, and just continue to grow and develop as a club, which I think they are. So, you know, results, you know, they went out the cup, etc., was disappointing. But yeah, I think um, if you're involved with the club, you, you must be absolutely delighted where the direction they're going in. Absolutely. They were beaten on the pitch 2-1 at Lansing on Saturday. Uh, elsewhere, it was Ashford United 0-3, Bridges 0, Chichester 1, Sittingbourne 1, uh, Phoenix Sports beaten 5-2 at home by Hayward Teeth, VCD 1-2 at Ramsgate, ended Whitsville 3, Cray Valley 4, despite Whitsville leading 2-0 and 3-1. Uh, fairly early on there. Favisham's trip to Burgess Hill was called off while Herne Bay's game at East Grinsey was abandoned at half-time with a score at nil-nil. It was a bit wet, shall we say. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures from Ashford uh, on Saturday, but uh, it was almost a game on a 3G pitch called off to a waterlogged pitch. It was that bad uh, at Ashford. Uh, on Tuesday night, Cray Valley had a quite a time of it. They beat Phoenix Sports 1-0. Uh, VCD won again this time by beating Burgess Hill 2-0. Uh, no league games for our southeast sides on Saturday with the FA Trophy taking place. So, Cray Valley travelled to face AFC Sudbury. Seven Oaks are away to Burgess Hill. It's Corinthian at home to Brentwood. Faversham hosts Tilbury. Phoenix Sports travel to face Harlow Town. Ashford United are away to Hastings United. Sittingbourne take on Herne Bay. VCD meet Chertsey Town. Uh, Ramsgate travel to Westfield. Uh, league games on Tuesday night, those. Wits will go to Hastings, as we've already heard. VCD at home to Corinthian. Um, some interesting ties there. Chertsey Town stand out to me, Matt. They had a good result in the Cup at the weekend and I'm guessing their eyes are going to be on their big FA Cup clash with South End, which is uh, next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting again, we're sort of certain teams like Hastings have got only played five games, so the league on this will take a little bit to sort of calm itself down with the trophy coming in again. Is the trophy a priority for some of these clubs? No, I see the trophy as well. If, if it's a draw, it goes straight to penalties now even all the way up to the semi-finals. So, um, will you see some sort of plucky underdog somehow, well, hopefully, get all the, go a long way in the competition where you can do it on the day? It'll be interesting to see that and probably a wise decision from the FA stopping the travelling. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see on that basis. Is it a priority? Um, probably not for some of these teams, I would have thought. They'd rather play league games, I'm sure, at this, when it's the stop-start start of the season. Absolutely. Chelsea Town and Steadley, of course, were the team who beat Cray Valley in the uh, FA Vars final a couple of years ago as well. Uh, in the East Premier Division, only one game uh, took place over the weekend, which was Cray Wanderers, a much-needed win for them as they beat Carl Shorten 3-1 on Saturday. This weekend, uh, folks not home to Brightlingsea Regent and Cray Wanderers go to Haringey Borough, Margate at home to Lewis, uh, before Gate travel to face their FA Cup Conquerors Merster on Tuesday. While folks have taken advantage of the rule which allows them to call off their midweek game with Cray Wanderers. That rule is in place because, of course, in still in the FA Cup, handed a trip to face National League side Eastleigh after their 1-0 win over Gloucester City on Saturday. Matt, you were there. How did they shape up? Yeah, conditions were absolutely horrendous um, throughout the game. I have to say, Gloucester um, were absolutely terrible. Um, Folkestone, again, the conditions thing, Folkestone started the game brightly. They had a player sent off after 18 minutes. I 
think it was like 18 minutes, um, Folkestone, uh, Hyde, they're Gloucester, um, where they both collided. Addis Yusuf was brought down and they scored from that. Yeah, Folkestone were, well, in control of the game because Gloucester had plenty of the ball, didn't, know, didn't do anything with it. The closest they came was when they smacked the crossbar with the last kick of the game, Gloucester, but Gloucester were terrible. Folkestone, you know, were, you know, well worthy of their win, I thought, from that. Um, and delightful for them, they're a good crowd. You know, a bit of a buzz around folks and the people there are, are very, you know, exciting. And they all wanted Dover in the draw. And after when I was sitting there cowering my head when we were five nil down, when everybody was laughing at me, thinking, oh, please don't get into folks there because we'd probably lose. But then when I saw the draw from I felt for them, Eastley away is not a great draw, is it? No, it's, it's, it's a tough ask for them, but I suppose they can go there uh, with no pressure. And it's, you know, it's, it's quite a nice one for them to get. At least it's a team a couple of leagues above rather than, you know, going and losing somewhere in the same division or something like that. At least it's, you know, it's, it's a nice trip for them. It's a bit further than they would normally go and everything like that. So, I, I you know, I, I think it's not a bad, not a bad tie um, for folks. But, but do, do you think... But I think they deserve... They deserve- they what, the thing is, in the of fashion, they haven't lost the game this season. So, you know, they're not going to roll over and easily tickle their bellies. Neil Cugley would have them well organised. And when you've got the likes of Yusuf um, and Dave Smith up front, they will cause de- defences problems because maybe then, you know, when I watch the game, I don't know if they're a partnership, but working separately, defenders have always got to be careful of them, particularly Yusuf, who are at that level is a, is a threat. So, They've got some good players. Um, defensively, they look good. I like Paxman. So they'll get easily don't want to go into the game thinking they're going to roll folks over because they won't. Because folks are well organised, well drilled, and know what they're doing. And I absolutely love it if folks can be easily. It'd be fantastic. Of course you would. Elsewhere in the Cup on Saturday, a fine result for Dartford as they showed their class by beating their Kent rivals Maidstone 3-0 at the Gallagher. Eves Street also ran it through as they beat Aylesbury. That meant five teams in the draw for the fourth qualifying round, which was made on Monday. And I think they could all be happy. A big tie for folks, as we've all discussed. Eastley, Dartford travelled to lower level opposition in AFC Sudbury. Bromley also away to lower league opposition in the shape of Hungerford. Eves Street at home to another side from National League South. They take on Hampton and Richmond. Borough, while Dover at home to Yate Town of the Southern League Premier Division South. Matt, I know things are bleak right now. That's got to be a positive for you. You've got to have a chance of winning that one, haven't you? Uh, I can name you for the next 20 minutes in this podcast, John, the sides that Dover have lost to in the FA Cup when I expected them to win. Um, <laughs> I'm not taking anything for granted, to be honest. Um, Yate Town, yeah, it, as draws-wise go, as levels they're at it's it's a good draw for Dover but um as we'll probably discuss in a minute the confidence at Dover is pretty low so it's going to be a, a yeah it's a proverbial banana skin so and you, I suppose you, you could beat Yate Town then draw Carlisle away and, and you'd probably any money you've gained from beating Yate Town is probably gone if you've got Carlisle away so yeah not that I'm saying we need a win so we would like to win a game so of course but yeah it's yeah, it's a banana skin, John, so I'm not going to get carried away. <laughs> I'm not, I can't get carried away, can I? As we're, uh, as we're talking about it, so obviously Saturday ended up 6-0 uh, away to Grimsby and then beaten again at home by Aldershot on, on Tuesday night, Matt. And I know we said all along, and, and you know, we did like to laugh and joke about, oh, yeah, blah, 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 Dover, uh, minus 12, oh, it's minus 12 in Dover, ha, ha, ha. But you said to me from the very outset, we've got to get into 
like positive points as soon as we can. We're sat here now. It's almost mid-October and it's not only you're not in positive points, you haven't won a league game this season. And that is got to be a, a massive concern for, for everyone. It may well be that you're destined to be relegated this season, but well, surely... In my opinion, it's not destined. We will be. There's no there's no doubt. Um, but you want to put up a fight, don't you? That's the thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and being 5-0 down at half-time at Grimsby is, is not what you want. No. No, it's... And interestingly, a ex-Dover player who um, I was having a chat with today, and he, he went up to the game and he, he his words were that he, the lack of fights, the lack of leadership and the lack of quality will mean it'll be a very long season for Dover. Um, and I fully agree with him. Um, there's nothing to, you know, scoring a goal on on Tuesday was great. It was a good goal. But it's just a lack of quality. Um, we've got so many injuries. And Andy Sintala's, I think some of his signings have been poor um, over the last couple of seasons, and they haven't really worked. And Andy Sintala is... Under pressure, I would say. Um, Do you think um, he's putting himself under pressure? Because, you know, he's a manager who's had a lot of success at various levels. Do you, do you think when when you speak to him after the games, is, does, does he look dejected? Yeah, he does. You know, and he's, he's pretty critical of the players um, as well, not doing their jobs. Or, as he said, it's, you know, you know, he can chat the defence all day long, conceding sloppy goals. And we do concede sloppy, sloppy goals. But, you know, he also called out the strikers who, you know, we had chances against all the shot first 15, 20 minutes. But, you know, you've got to take the chances that come. And we're not. And I don't know if it's, the confidence is absolutely shot. Um, you can see on that. Um, what I will say, the goalkeeper we've got is absolutely brilliant. And he's far too good for Dover. And he will have a decent career. He's great. Park's a very good, very good goalkeeper. But, you know, yeah, I can't, you know. Looking at it from a Dover point of view, Andy Hesitella said he hasn't got a contract. When I spoke to him after the game on, on Tuesday, you know, and I said, oh, are you under pressure? Yes. Have you spoke to the chairman? Yes. Well, it's easy to get rid of him because he hasn't got a contract. But Dover, how much money? Is it worth Jim Parmenter? Is he going to invest in a team that's, you know, basically relegated now? We've got 30, games. We've got 34 games to go, 33 games to go. We probably need to win... 20 of them, probably, which is, you know, two-thirds. Is that enough of the games? You know, we've won nothing over the last two months. 6-0, I think, was the heaviest defeat in 35 years. We haven't won in 13 away games. So, unless I win the Euro Millions tomorrow, mate, we're going down. And what we've got to do is think about next season. At this point already, there's no, you know problem with Dover over the years, like even Kinnear had this, that the whole team would leave and you have to bring a whole new team in. We need to plan for Conference South. And I'm not saying that Dover will bounce back and win Conference South next season, but we've got to be competitive to keep the crowds up and people interested. But, you know, another thing, you've got to keep people interested this season as well. You know, homes of Willstone in February, you know, when we're 25 points of the drop zone. You know, I'll be there because I can report on the game. But will anybody else go? 
So I think, you know, Jim Palmer has been quite quiet about this. Maybe we need to get, I need to speak to him or get him out there to just boost everybody up because it's pretty disillusioned at Crabble at the moment. Um, you know, Jim Palmer made, made that decision about not playing. And, you know, I think everybody agrees with him from that. But the performances haven't gone from there. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, seven, there's 68 teams at Seven Oaks. They have got one in the academy, two teams. And of course, got the youth academy, but not from there. It's so, yeah, it's, it's a club that's in crisis and it breaks my heart. That's my team, John. You know, I've seen them, you know, have problems before, but this seems, you know, a real problem. This is, you know, how they're going to get out of it. And, you know, Barnet on Saturday, Barnet are getting better on beating three. If Barnet roll us over again, which, you know, it's the odds of Dover winning are probably quite high. Andy Hessenthaler's position is probably untenable, I would say. And I like Andy Hessenthaler a lot. But, you know, if we didn't have minus 12 points and we were in this position in a normal season, his position would be in trouble. Maybe the minus 12 is keeping him in a job at the moment. Yeah, so it is a real shame because, you know, we obviously want our team to be doing as well as they can. Uh, and to hear you talking like that is, is is hard. It's actually a hard listen, to be honest, because, you know, I like to take the mick out of you. But it, it is it, it's really sad. And, and you say about last season and you say about next season. And, and I think you can't hit the nail on the head because you see some clubs who just slump and slump and slump. And, and you, you worry, oh, is there something in the club that's wrong and, and, you know, they keep changing the managers and nothing seems to change. But Dover have got to make sure that there's some sort of confidence to go into the new season. It may be a new manager, it may be new players, for, completely new, everything for next season. But still, the, the supporters are going to be down in the dumps. And, and as you say, you want them to keep coming back. So it is, it's really, really sad. Um, you mentioned about the FA Cup earlier. That could be our saving grace, isn't it? The FA Cup. We could beat Yates Town, you could be, get to the third qualifying, third round, but, you know, somehow winning a couple of games and then you get Man United away, then all our problems are over, arguably, isn't it? So the exactly. FA Cup is, yeah, you know, and Jim Parmenter, you know, he wasn't willing to invest last season when there's no crowds coming in, which I could see, but, you know, it's exactly, you probably look at the same sort of situation if we're, 15 points of relegation, you know, already, is it worth investing in that when there's people know coming through the gates? You know, apart from the diehard four or 500, it's not going to get anybody coming up, oh, go and watch Dover, but because the season's over, isn't it? So it's it's a difficult one. It really, it really is. Um, and I'm I sure... guess the frustration is for you, mate, that, yes, last season was a decision that I agreed with, but the knock-on of that had to be that you were in better shape for this season. And and at the moment, no, no, you're no, not. No. And, and the difficulty is, is, you say to me, you've said to me both on this show and away from this show, that the squad on paper is better than what you had this time last year, but the results are worse. So that there's there's something not right there. And, and, and you know, something needs to be done to... to you just need something to, to turn it round. And we've talked already about 5-4 wins, 1-0 wins. If I offer you a 1-0 win, the goal coming off someone's backside in the last minute on Saturday, you're going to snap my hand off, aren't you? Yeah, I think I want people to walk out of Crabble with a smile on their face. And people are going up to Crabble probably out of loyalty. Of what, yeah, I go and watch Dover, my team, on a Saturday. Um, 
and then you know and that's not really sort of happening it's sort of we all walk up the slope the people i speak to uh, and they're resigned to it and that's you know and again i'm not gonna ever every club goes through this sort of thing doesn't it so it's it's my team and it's it hurts but there's you know i just don't know uh what was it? I always keep thinking of what would, what would my dad who died this year think, you know, six nil Grimsby. I, I I wish I could have picked the phone up and talked to him about this. So <laughs> he'd be sensible about it. But yeah, it's, you know, other clubs go through this. It's just, we just need a, um, I don't know, a spark. But it's going to be, a, it's a slow lingering death. That's all I can think of this season. And that's yeah. um, when it's, it's not even mid October. Um, that is a concern. So that, yeah. But yeah, we just need something. But, it could, yeah, it's we're going down, and I can't, I cannot say to you, John. Yeah, no, this is a blip. You know, all the shot, they're not very good. They're pretty terrible, and and, and so and we could have, yeah. So if they're you know two poorest teams and we didn't win it because we haven't got the extra quality. So, but there you go. Um, can't get too down in the dumps, can I? So no. just pray for yeah, yeah. If but it, it's going to be tough for Andy Essen Tyler. I have to say, I think, um, and I like Andy, and he's very good to me um, from a journalist point of view. But David need a spark or something just to galvanise the place. And I'm hoping that the next two games could be that he could win two games on the spin and the smiles back on their faces. But you know, he's under a lot of pressure now. Yeah, probably made it four wins in a row as they beat Weymouth 3-0 on Tuesday, up to fifth in the table at home to Torquay at the weekend. Before we discuss their fortunes, actually, head of Dover's game with all the shot on Tuesday, Matt spoke to their former boss, Neil Smith, about all sorts of things. So here he is. It's been six months now. So, um, you know, I've been going to a lot of games. You know, I've been doing commentary with, you know, I've been lucky enough for all the shots to sort of do their one. So I've been going to that, but I've been watching games at all levels, you know, from Premiership all the way down to Conference South, just making sure that... What happens sometimes, you just stay in the, the Bro- Bromley bubble and you only see the, the teams that are in and around you and you, you don't actually see what's in League One, League Two. So I've been, I've been doing that and it's, it's been refreshing. But uh, yeah, just desperate to get back now. Have you had any offers of many clubs since you've been away? It's one of them where you speak to a few and if anything happens, you know, would you be interested? I've had a few of those and um, like, I, like I always say, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in speaking to anyone. If there's a project out there in the lower, you know, lower than conference national where I was, brilliant. If there's one above, excellent. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll listen to anybody. I just want to have a project where you think you can be successful again. You know, I went into Bromley when they were in the conference south and, you know, probably bottom of the league and everything else. And, and you know, to get them to where they are now was a massive achievement. And if someone offers me that, then I'm ready. How... Um so I think when you text me, you said it was a surprise you leaving your position there. How did how did you cope the few weeks after that? Because you know everybody thought that you're Mr. Bromley. No, that was it. I was you know loads of phone calls. I was very, like I said at the time, I was very humbled by the people that were phoning up. You know, managers in our division or my division at the time, and um, you know. And, and above, surprised at what, what was going on when you're seventh in the t- table, you, you know, you're looking strong, players are fit, you know, everything's going right, you're not looking for anything else. So, yeah, it was a massive shock, um, very disappointed as well, because uh, 10 games to go at the end of the season, and my target was to get in the playoffs, and I, and I genuinely believe we could do it. And do you, I suppose, you look at their results as well, you're pleased how they're getting on this season? Of course I am, you know, that, that, that um, affiliation with a club after 10 years isn't going to go away. As I say, I was playing there when I was a schoolboy across the road. From, from my school that's never going to go away 
Um, but you have to look away from it sometimes. You just got to have a look at what other clubs are doing. Can I do the same? Can I can I go into a club and benefit them? I, I believe I can, and uh, with the experience that I've had, and um, you know the players stay in contact. You know they're brilliant. You know after, as I say at the end of last season, they want we want to get promotion for you, which is an amazing thing for them to say. They don't have to, and um, you know I really appreciate. It, but it was always going to be for themselves, and uh, you know I'm pleased that they're doing well, and they should do well because they've got a massive you know squad now. They've got a very good squad. They've maintained most of the players that were there from last season as well. So you know the experience that they've got in there, they should do well again. It's a Kent podcast. You'd, you'd even move away from the region area to get a job as well, or are you? Are you sort of southeast based no 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 you know if there's an opportunity up north or west you know I'll, I'll have a look at it I haven't got a problem my, my children are at that age now where they can pretty much look after themselves and um, you know so I'd, I'd take any challenge you know it's not it's not got to be location wise but um, as I say you speak to people but unfortunately you're in that business where you got you, you, you need someone to be uh, or failing at their job for you to get a chance so as I say it's, it's brilliant to be you know invited in and doing commentaries where you you know you you can keep your eye in as well. Have you watched the anywhere else Kent based podcast? Have you seen any other Kent sides this season? Well, obviously, I, I, I come down to the uh, Dover um, Borenwood game. I've seen, you know, Gillingham a couple of times. You know, I've been invited there just to go and have a look at, you know, what's happening in League One. And you know, I went to well in Dartford the other day, so I'm, I'm getting around and, and, and looking. Um, you know, there, there's other clubs that I've been to. I, I went to Tottenham the other day and West Ham, and you know, I, I weren't allowed to do that. I, I could, I didn't have the time. Where you can learn from those clubs as well. Of course, you can. That's the whole point. You know, I'm, I'm looking at other things. As I say, you stay in a bubble and it's Bromley based and it's Bromley everything. So now being able to go, you know, and look at these sides and looking at their warm up so you know I've been invited to training sessions and you're looking and you're saying oh, what can I take from it or what was I doing right or I believed I was doing right so you, as a manager or as a coach you're always going to learn and you can't just say right when I go into the next club I'm going to do exactly the same because it all evolves and you've just got to make sure that you're, you're ready to evolve with it I suppose the longer you're out the more you want to get back in I suppose is it football's a strange industry isn't it uh, it's, well it, it is you know I didn't expect to be sacked when I was so, you know so you know that, that, that opens your eyes up straight away and um, you know with, with the start of the season and you know you missed that one the first game of the season now the FA Cup draw has been done and you know the conference national clubs are going in there and then it's the first round who you get. so now you start missing all that all that sort of excitement as well so yeah you're missing it thoroughly as in day to day going in with a bunch of guys that you believe you built up into a great squad hopefully trying to be successful with them He's very, very keen to get back in, Matt. And I think you can tell he's still hurting a little bit from how it ended for him at Bromley, isn't he? Yeah, I think he probably is. Um, he mentioned that the players wanted to win promotion for him. Um, and, I, and we said before on this show that maybe Bromley didn't think that Neil Smith can take him to the next level that maybe Andy Woodman is at the moment. Um, the king is dead, long live the king, I think, in Bromley's point of view, because having a very good season again. Um It'd be interesting to see. He mentions the word project there, and I said that to my mate, and that means money. Project means money, really, Mister. But Neil Smith will do a um, a decent job at thing, and would he go to Dover? Uh, if that job came up, I, I don't really know on that point of view. But I think he'd, he'd be a good appointment for any club, seeing games out, and I'm sure sooner or later he'll be in the game. But yeah, I think the um, Probably a bit like the Jay Saunders thing when he, I think Jay, when he left Maidstone, isn't it? So once you've been there for a little while, you, as I mentioned to him, Mr. Bromley and Jay Saunders and Mr. Maidstone, it's probably a 
a shock to the system. So if he can get out there, get a job, do a good job again, um, and, and prove Bromley they were wrong. But, you know, he did a fantastic job for Bromley and he'll do a fantastic job for another club. Will that job be in count? I see Billericke job up for grabs. Will he be interested in that? I don't know if they how badly Billericke run or how differently they run these days. So well, job, job it's, it's sort of around this time, October, November, managers may start losing their jobs. So, But I'm sure Neil Smith will be linked to a numerous ones of them. Yeah, and it was interesting for him to say that he's going to, you know, try and he's not bothered about if they have to go a bit further afield or something like that. He's just he's just a, a proper football man, isn't he, yeah. Neil Smith? And and he would like to, uh, you know, it, 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 I'm sure he'd love to have a go. I don't think Billericke will be for him. I mean, Kevin Watts, another friend of the show, uh, obviously has, has has left that that role there. Um, but you just kind of wonder. There is someone out there, that the right club for Neil Smith. And and what, what he did at Bromley will stand him in good stead for, for any opportunity that comes his way. And, and you know, really nice bloke. And I'm sure he would come across amazingly in an interview. And, and I really, really, really wish him well. Yeah, he's an enthusiastic man, Neil Smith. And if you're an enthusiastic club and want somebody who can probably... Um, invigorate the supporters, invigorate a club, he's probably your man for it. So um he interesting to see if he's had any sort of he didn't say he had any offers, he had a few chats, but he's the kind of man who can invigorate a club and get them blocked by the um bootstraps. So yeah yeah, yeah I'm sure Chairman Wall will be aware of his availability. Uh, in National League South, Peter Taylor's welling reign started with a 3-0 loss at Oxford City. Uh, lost their goalkeeper, former Dover Loney, Tom Smith, uh, to a dislocated shoulder. So Christian Campbell had to go and goal for a long spell there. Uh, Tom James also beaten on Saturday 3-2 at home by Concord Rangers. This weekend, Dartford at home to Hungerford. Welling travelled to Chippenham. Maidstone are at home to Eastbourne. Barra Ebbsfleet are away to Slough. And Angels have one of their weekends off. Uh, so that brings you up to date with pretty much everything. This has been a, a long old show, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it certainly feels a bit a bit better for our, from our point of view uh, than, than last week's efforts. But um, yeah, I, I do feel for you, mate. I, I, I really do. Is, have you been watching anything that's made you laugh on the telly just to cheer you up? Or? Um, what you on the telly? I've stopped one episode of Squid, Squid Games. Have you seen any of that? I've heard about that. I haven't watched it, but I've, I've heard about it. It's supposed to be it's good, good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, I saw the first episode, so pretty gory. Watching anything on the telly? Um, no, not really. Um, I haven't really caught up with too much of them. I've sort of seen those. I've sort of mentioned the saw Back to Life and the Norma's not uh, Elmer's yeah. not. It's not normal. I've seen them. Um, but no, nothing else. I did. What well, I did see a film. We watched it there with the family. It's got Disney about Cruella. This one we really. Had, All really, right. Um, if you've got Disney Plus, that's on there. No, so um, nice. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Nothing. No. I need something. To, just a win, mate. Just to sort of cup my arms in the air would be good. So it's just, you know, you can't win every week. But and there'll be people just listening to this, pissing themselves, laughing about David. And then, and sometimes if it was on the boot or the other fit, I'd be pissing themselves, laughing at that air club. So can't, I can't sort of um, uh, be too down, can I? It's only football, isn't it? So we'll be back. We'll be back. Of course you will. Oh, I had a nice few days in Bristol over the weekend. Had a bit of a lash up on Monday. Went all around the town on the buses. And then coming home on uh, on Tuesday night, had my phone call, uh, my journey interrupted by a phone call from Matt Gerard uh, to discuss merch and, and other things. But we were driving along nicely along the A303. 
and then the road was shut. A 20-minute detour ended up going through all sorts of places that you've never heard of, uh, near to Basingstoke, and then we ended up popping on the M3 there. Then we went down the M25, the M25 and the M23, loads of lane closures on the M23, and then just to finish it all off, we got back uh, along the A27, and the road was shut there as well. So uh, what seemed like it was going to be about a three-hour, ten-minute journey turned into three and a half hours, but we got to see some different sites, so uh, that was something, I suppose. What, what is next to Basingstoke? I've never been to Basingstoke. Was it nice little villages, was it? With nice people? Uh, well, it was dark. Um, so, you know, we saw a few um, villages that looked all right. We drove through such places as Overton, uh, Laverstoke. Teams were likely to play in the FA Vars in the later rounds, things. Possibly. There may well have been some teams that we drove past there. I'm just trying to work out. So we went, uh, we were going along there quite nicely. Then that was shut and that was a bit of a blow. Yeah, we came on there. Yeah, we went along these places. Free folk. Uh, Got out alive though. Yeah, we are alive to tell the tale. But uh, yeah, and then we just ended up coming into Basingstoke and then picked up the M3 uh, in Basingstoke. So it was, it wasn't too bad, but you know. Was it time in Bristol? Still look your your other half comes from there you, you still enjoy bristol she loves going back yeah i mean she she, 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 she doesn't miss it to be honest um you know she's but when we go back normally we go back and we just spend our whole time visiting people but this time we actually cleared a day in our schedule so from our hotel we got a, a day saver on the bus four pound fifty each and we just used the buses to go all around bristol we got about four or five different buses went to loads of pubs we wanted to try and we actually had a really really nice day so it was quite nice just to go and and chill out and we did see lots of people and it was lovely to see people especially people that we haven't seen properly for a good couple of years with everything that's gone on so it was really nice to go and see people and spend some time there but it was also nice to go and have a day just on the lash so that was uh that was also good fun so yeah but now back to work um you know just, time of the year? Uh, it's not too bad october we tick over but we're, we're busy this weekend we're busy the next couple of weeks so it's not can't complain too much but hopefully november is going to be a, a, a bit quieter from that point of view but we'll still manage to uh to, to keep going on on some respects well i want to go to some more football you know i mean i haven't been to many games this season really um and i keep looking at the games that aren't too far from me and there's not a lot but i need to i need to venture out a bit more so uh no they lost uh lost the replay at home to horsham so oh. they're gone all right yeah um yeah, so yeah, so no scope for them. They couldn't have got Dover in the next round. Yeah. Obviously, that would have been my dream tie because then I could have come and watched it. So, yes, you know. yes, uh, but, uh, no, so yeah, so again, we're in this sort of funny spell between not much goes on in October, then Halloween, then it's sort of November and Christmas is coming. So, yeah, um, yeah, relegated by October. That's what I'm, that, I should have, I should have called this episode that can we really? yeah we could have done yeah rather than what you did to call it yeah uh, exactly. on, on you cannot, the, uh, cannot release that no i i one of one of well most of them i can't release anyway thank you everybody for listening this week you can find us on twitter at kent nl podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent only podcast uh you can find me at john phipps 81 on twitter matt is at matthew underscore jared uh, don't forget to get in touch with all your merchandise uh answers to our questions uh, we have lots of questions we want your answers what do you want how much you prepare to pay are the main two questions um but yes yeah, so i do get in touch with anything and we've got that, that we're nominated next week aren't we oh yes the award next thursday uh the uh, the final of the uh of those uh the football content awards unfortunately uh, not able to make it because i i'm, I'm actually working 
Um, so we've not been able to to make it, but it would be fantastic that we've even been nominated. And so it's a real shame we've not been able to go along. But uh, maybe next year uh, we'll be able to to and get on the list again. Like it's like a mortgage out. They were trying to sell us the tickets. Well, that is true. That is true. So if you want oh, the Euro I'm Millions, you'd have to buy us a couple of tickets for that first. Yeah, I'm not expecting this to win. So I'm like, unlike the um, Kent Awards, I haven't done a um, acceptance speech. Right. So. Fair enough. So, but you know I did on the other ones because I was convinced we were going to win those ones. So. Yeah, well, um, maybe one day we'll win something, but who knows? Maybe one day Dover will win as well. But thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Thank you to all four of our guests for their time. Thanks to uh, to you, Matt, as well, as always, for talking uh, about Dover. I know it's tough for you at the moment, but, uh, yeah, fingers crossed there'll be some positive news uh, next week when we bring you the next episode of the Kent Only Podcast. I will raise my mysterious Kent Only Podcast mug if we sell some.